0: One, two, three strikes, you're
1: out at the old bar.
2: Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the
3: crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I ever get back.
4: you' out at the old block, yeah.
5: Welcome to let's Get to the baseball show from the fans perspective. Let's Get To presents the first pitch. Opening thoughts from James Christopher.
1: And welcome to Let's Get To's MLB opening day episode. I hope everyone's doing great. I'm your host, James Christopher. And as you can tell, I am decked from head to toe in Astros gear. Opening day is always a blast. It is like Christmas in the spring nothing but hope lays out in front of us and I'm jacked. I'm, ex- I'm excited. I'm probably as excited about this opening day as just about any that I've lived through. And I think, you know, I think about like the 2018 opening day for me was obviously a big deal. Um, and I, I, you know, I watched on TV and then went to the ring ceremony the next day. Um, going to them as a kid was always special, right? It's like, like this whole thing laid out in front of us. And we know that, in a, that for 162 games, these guys are going to be out there playing baseball for us. Uh, it it reminded me of uh, of, the, of the scene in Fever Pitch when when Jimmy Fallon says something like, "You know, the baseball makes it up to you. If it rains out, you get a doubleheader." That's what Opening Day means. It's the promise of something cool that's about to happen. I have my rituals. Uh, I've got Astro socks on. I'm wearing this to work. When I head out in a few minutes. And I know that I'm going to get a great message from one of my very good friends, Gary Warren. And we usually do a toast to beer, him and his Cardinal stuff, me and my Astro stuff. And you know, here we go. We're going to kick off a great season. Gary's always a really cool baseball friend to have because you know we were in the independent film business, and you don't have a lot of sports fans in that business necessarily. And so to find someone who's also a Incredibly intelligent, passionate baseball fan was special. Same thing for Scott, who you're going to see a little later on in the episode. So, I think about those people. I obviously think about my wife Jessica getting out to the ballpark, and and I love nothing more than meeting, visiting fans, and telling them, you know, where the good bar at Minnie Maid Park is, and and you know, making them feel welcome. Baseball is about community and yeah, it's about rivalries and it's about, you know, Yankees suck and and all that stuff, but it's really more about here's this game that few really understand. That isn't easy to understand that that is built on frustration and built on loss, but we love it anyway. And I'm so excited to, to know that we are going to have it back and it's still going to feel weird. And like I said, it, it might even be, you know, opening day 2022, that it finally feels like we're back. And, you know, I've, I've made a bunch on the show about my boycott of Major League Baseball games, except for one, but it doesn't mean I don't love it, that I'm not caught up in it, and that I can't wait to really dive into what could be really a fun season. And I know, you know, my my local nine, the Astros, have a lot of question marks. It's going to absolutely suck to see george springer in another uniform he is an all-time astro for me you know i put him up there with craig biggio and nolan ryan and jeff bagwell and it's it's going to be awful but it's still going to be fun to see that swing and so i'm really looking forward to going into this season just being happy that the game is back and yeah i'm going to get fired up and i'll get angry and i won't be able to watch his pitch in the late innings but the void is over. Baseball is back. We have a great show for you today. We've got some um, baseball fans that run other podcasts that are really diving into certain teams, Yankees and Astros coming on. We're going to talk to the folks from Baseball Mapper, which if that's not a website you're not going to, uh, you should. Because they, they, I owe so much to them. My brother Tim is here. Scott is here. Andy's here. So much more. So stay with us. Let's get to presents the
5: McIntyre Mule, the Scott McIntyre baseball experience.
1: We are back here on the McIntyre Mule, and we are doing this. First of all, we're doing a segment in person. It's been almost a year
4: since we've done that. Yeah, but there's almost six feet of distance.
1: Almost six feet of distance. Um, It's kind of good. It's the McIntyre Mule, and we are joining, drinking,
4: a little bit of a McIntyre Mule. Not the first of our McIntyre Mules. And this one's got a little bit of a difference because we've gone with the with the, with the bourbon on the this. Bourbon, yeah. My favorite bourbons. I'll tell you the kind. I'll tell you the type of bourbon if you ask me. But we can't shamelessly plug them because they don't sponsor us. But if you let me know, I'll tell you what that is. Uh, we do want to start with a toast to a couple of
1: athletic squads that we don't normally cover on the show. We do not. But we want to do a hearty woo-pig suey to the Arkansas basketball team that's, that's advanced to the Elite Eight. Uh, just, you, you were you're on your phone. thought it was a cool moment at the ball gave you back when the, the Longhorn fans around, you kind of were supporting you, and, and
4: how was that? Yeah, it, they could have turned on me quickly, let's be really clear. <laughs> that could have happened really quick. Yeah. Uh, no, it was pretty cool. Uh, Arkansas beats Oral Roberts University, which – Wow, okay, awesome.
1: The only time I've ever heard of Oral Roberts was Sam Kennison has a great joke about Oral Roberts and seeing a 50-foot Jesus. Yeah, because
4: Oral Roberts back in like the 80s or the 90s, the actual televangelist, here we go off the rails. Yeah. uh, Said, I want to build a 60-foot statue of Jesus in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because God told me to, and you need to give me the money. Now he has a university named after him, but they have a really good basketball team. It was a tough game. They pulled off some upsets, but ultimately the Arkansas Razorbacks are in the Elite Eight for the first time in over 25 years. Yeah, <sighs> feels nice. And, and we we've taken the first two games from Mississippi State. Yeah, at Mississippi State. So maybe we'll get number one again in baseball. So- and not
1: and not the easiest. uh that, that the game was tough. And yeah. you know, shout out to Oral yeah. Roberts because apparently their their head coach is a huge Astros fan. Yeah. So uh, and then also we found out if you ever want to
4: come on the show, head coach for Oral Roberts, we'll treat you nicely. We would
1: treat you very nicely. Uh, we just won't. When we reach out to you, we won't include this particular segment,
4: and we won't have liquor because we know your school might not like that. Oh wow, is that a thing? I don't know. Probably yeah. We'll, we'll find too. out. We'll,
1: we'll do, we'll, we're efforting that information. I don't like
4: it at Liberty, um,
1: but it's also a big deal because uh, the University of Texas uh, diving te- swimming diving team. Swimming yeah, yeah, team. swim dive team. Swimming team um, won the national championship again. Uh, it's it's a big you know Longhorns are really proud of all their, of all the, the school sports and the swimming and diving team. Has been one of the most dominant in the NCAA. I think it's their fifteenth national championship yep. in like fourteen years. It's how dominant they've been.
4: So I think in the spirit of all oh, that we're that. about today, we should look do. We should do that and bring.
1: We should bring worlds together. Bringing worlds together. Um, and this is a really sharp look for a hat, too, by the way. Um, but your first time at Dish Falk Field, um, let's go through it. What did you think of the ballpark? What did you think of the experience?
4: Yeah, so Dish Falk Field is a really cool field. I didn't realize the entire thing, other than the pitcher's mound, is turf. I know that's something that a lot of teams are going to, um, and, and it makes financial sense. I, I like the stadium itself. Uh, balls carry in that park, at least they did tonight. Um, and and I was really impressed with that. I think that uh, Texas has a third baseman in Cam Williams, power hitting switch hitter uh, w- that fields very sharply, and, and, and that guy should definitely get paid to play yeah. um, uh, seven days a week in, in the near future. But I thought Dish field was a good... It was a rowdy atmosphere because you guys are playing Oklahoma, so you yeah. got the rival in. Um, uh, the the stadium experience itself, great video board, great scoreboard that kept track of things. Uh, I think the only thing I didn't see was like a pitch count. Everything else was oh, there. Oh, yeah, that's true. And, yeah. And, but everything else was there, and you don't always see the the pitch count anyway. Um, I, I really liked the the experience. I thought it was a, a, a classy ball field Um the, the, the stadium does. The,
1: the turf does bug me too. Like I, I yeah, I, I would prefer to see natural gas at natural grass. I think a school like Texas can afford natural grass. Um,
4: yeah, you just never know because I mean, especially with baseball, you're playing into the summer. You never know how hot it's going to be or whatever you're going to get in a place like Austin. The turf does not bother me because you don't get bad bounces on turf. Got it. Right. It's always it should come up the same every time. Um, I don't know what sliding necessarily how old it would get to be sliding into tire rubber constantly but i know what's happening yeah uh, so th- that part doesn't bother me i just i really like the atmosphere i thought that the the grandstands go a lot farther back uh, behind home plate around that area between the bases than i've seen at at other fields but it feels right it it feels like a hey we're texas right this yeah. is this is this is our size here here we are it was a good crowd a uh, lot of t- tailgating. A t- lot of tailgating. Yeah,
1: tailgating is really cool. Uh, it's a loyal baseball. Uh, it re- baseball it
4: really seemed that way. And um. a great view from where we were at to see, um, if you're a women's softball fan as well, that's a really cool field over there, uh, McCombs, uh, Red McCombs Field, uh, yeah. for the, the the softball team was at. Just a great facade from the outside. Uh, cool, cool little uh, area right there let's with looks like what
1: Let's talk about the really handsome guy who got the stadium chanting, oh, you sucks.
4: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you did that. You yeah, did that. I you, did that. You did that. Jim did that. Jim had the. Int- it's not like you didn't have a bunch of willing participants. <laughs> Yo, although, but the, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you
1: BS on that because it, I felt pretty alone for the first five or six OU Suckses.
4: Oh, that's fair. That's fair. But I then felt- they 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 picked it up behind you. What you were really. Uh, out in the forest and it was incredibly dry and you were the spark that burned the whole forest down. <laughs> that's, the way, that's the way I saw it. I do want to apologize to
1: Jace or Chase, whatever, whoever plays right field for J- OU. That- Jace,
4: yeah, uh, number eight. That was brutal. Uh, I can't remember his last, uh, some uh, Rorahan or something like that. Whoever you are, Jace, the, you you got heckled really hard by some fans tonight. Um, but, hey, that's the big time. If you didn't want that, go play for LeMoyne College. <laughs> yeah.
1: You got by some fans and two certain uh, baseball web show hosts who definitely were...
4: I, I I Minimally. You you
1: fed material to the
4: hecklers. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Because, you were like a producer of the hecklers. Well, because the hecklers were saying stupid stuff. They're a bunch of drunk kids that were 20 years old and don't have the talent to play the game themselves, so they sit up there in the stands and scream at people. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that if you're watching the show uh, and you're one of those guys. Thank you for your, your, um, your patronage. But, but, yeah, I mean, that, that stuff gets... That stuff would get old, but I will also say this, Jace. I pitched with babouzes and air horns being blown. If I can do that, you can handle you can this. Handle trust right me. Right field. Um, I guess before
1: we wrap up, again, give your pitch to people why they need to give this level of baseball. I feel like that's that's always what we're doing. Why should people be be following these college games?
4: Very simply, if you like college football, if you like college basketball, the athleticism at the baseball level is is exactly the same, especially. Now that you've seen minor leagues contract to this level, you're going to see more college players. Uh, collegiate Woodbat leagues are absolutely exploding because it, it's a player base that doesn't have to be paid and still needs that summer practice. Got you know, it. it used to be semi-pro teams, right? Um, you would have one or two semi-pro teams in your state. And so if you were good enough, like let's take Arkansas, for example, which what I was most familiar with. There's 10 or, or 12 different colleges uh, but during the summer, there's only one, maybe two semi-pro teams. So most guys would sit around and um, go find a summer job. Right. And then sit three or four months out and come back and try to be ready. Uh, in baseball, not football
1: ball. where seven on seven can keep you in shape. You have to play the game.
4: You, you really do need to i mean you need to keep the, the correct you need to keep the correct muscles stretched out if not you're going to wind up with blown shoulders and and, and yeah. blown knees you're going to lose your timing at, at bat uh you're going to lose your timing in the field uh it's not riding a bicycle yeah. and, and and the level that the game is played at now demands you to play it that often if you want to compete at the, at the top level so you're seeing a lot of great collegiate leagues happening you're seeing a lot of really good college teams yes we saw fantastic NCAA Division One baseball today, but I tell everybody: if if you just like baseball, go out and see an NA, an NAIA game or a D two game or mm-hmm. you know uh, even a D three game if you can find those around. Yeah, um, there baseball's being played um, all around you, and, and all you got to do is, is go find it. And the greatest part is, is if, if like for me tonight, if OU would have won, I would have felt bad for you. Yeah. But it's not going to impact me. So if you're going to see one of these colleges near you, and I promise you there's colleges near you that are that are playing baseball, go watch. You don't have to pick a side. Just go enjoy the game. Eat and a do hot dog.
1: Game. Well, speaking of that, this was our first of, I think we have at least four games the rest of the season scheduled. With yeah. always more get added on. How good was it to get out to the ballpark?
4: Oh, it was fantastic. No, it was really cool. Um, I, I, I know we... Um, we fought the sun a little bit for a little brutal while brutal for the first three four innings but it was kind of nice to to fight the sun i i i want this on record right now i was warm today in 82 to 84 degree weather sitting in the sun uh, so in three months from now or two months from now when we're watching a game and i'm complaining about the 102 degree weather. Everybody can call me out on the fact that I was complaining about the 82 to 84 degree weather today. I will die to have 82 to 84 degree weather in July. July. It's normal. I don't know
1: about you, but my, my warmest game last year was the normal Illinois.
4: Normal was hot. Hot. That was was no way around. It was hot.
1: So, you know, we're sitting here, we're going to wrap up. It's about 10 o'clock on March 27th.
4: Um, any final words? Uh, it it's great to be back it's great to be back at the ballpark it's great to be back here on on the show um you know uh but there's one thing that really stands out to me what's that uh, like you said it's, it's about 10 15 oh no, you still sucks
1: who's on first the let's get to local nine. Brought to you by Zoomer Sport. So we're excited to welcome back for her second appearance on Let's Get To You, from the Corpus Christi Hooks, the marketing guru, Amy Johnson. Amy, how are things down at Waterburger Field right now?
6: They are booming. We're actually about to get the uh, AAA squad down here. Uh, so we're getting the, the field going for that. We just had a concert this weekend. So we went from no action to a few <laughs> high school games to a huge concert. Now the team's coming, and then we have a season. So... So we're booming down here.
1: How excited are you to finally have actual Corpus Christi hook baseball? And I don't know if you can tell, but I'm excited to have Corpus (laughs) Christi hooks baseball back. How jacked are you for the season?
6: I mean I'd like to think I'm as excited as you are <laughs> but uh we're pretty pumped it's crazy you know I've been in a lot of meetings here with lots of different like vendors and sponsors and things like that and they ask the same thing and they're, they're like well how do we do that last year? I'm like how did we do that last year? I'm like what did we do in 2019 I'm like I don't even remember so it's been really fun because I mean we're kind of starting from scratch for this year because it's like okay we had a whole year of no hooks baseball like how do we bring back our fans and make this fun and tell them like hey like this is home so it's been fun kind of like starting that from the bottom
1: i suspect um the job you guys did on social media last year people aren't gonna have forgotten they're gonna come back but how much of what you all created last year, we'll stick around like your cooking tips, things like that.
6: <laughs> yeah. I think, um, a lot of our like backyard bash and our, our video online like that, we're probably not keeping, unfortunately, that was a really cool, like unique thing, but I think it's something like in the off season, like we'll definitely look into doing the podcast was awesome. Um, Michael coffin, um, uh, kind of spearheaded that with, um, JD, um, uh, before JD, uh, left us for bigger and better things. But, um, I think that's something that, that might stick around. That's really cool.
1: So talk a little bit about Corpus Christi, then Um, what are we looking like as far as what capacity we can have at Waterburger field? Do we have an answer yet for how many tickets or how many fans will be able to have at the ballpark?
6: I don't have an answer for you yet, but I do have a hopeful like. Hey, this could be good answer for you. Um, I know, um, MLB is mandating a lot of things and that's been like ever changing. You know, you saw the Rangers were the first ones to come out and said, everybody's coming in. So at that point, you know, fans like, Oh, are we, are we are like, well, no, we're not, you know, we're still going to take proper guidelines. You know, we are, um, a city owned facility. So obviously whatever the city wants to do, you know, we need to like work with them on that. So, um, we are pushing. Originally, we were looking at just 30%. You know, we called all of our, our season members and told them, hey, this is what's going to be like. And then a few days later, after our, our sales folks spent days calling us, we found out that we're probably going to be able to do more. So right now, we're, we're pushing a higher number um, <laughs> that I won't reveal to you yet. But it is um, a little higher, but still able to do some like distancing in the ballpark and keeping people safe. I think the masks is going to be the biggest part. Like We will be requiring masks um, for the time being. But I mean, obviously you can take it off to eat and drink and have a good time for that, but yeah.
1: Yeah, And I guess, I mean, it seems like Dr. We mentioned Dr. Fauci on the show, but he's saying that he (laughs) thinks that people like he's saying, he thinks we'll have full capacity at ballparks going into the summer. And he's not known for, for any degree of like, yay, positivity. So hopefully that's where we'll end up.
6: Yeah, definitely. And we're actually doing a cool thing in our reveal. So we're going to release our tickets um, in phases And so basically me and like my marketing communications team, we're going to work closely with the ticketing team. And so when they release their phases, we're kind of release our promotions then. So, um, yeah, so you'll see in the next few weeks, like we haven't really promoted, uh let anything out yet but um of course my hat's like a little teaser for a big reveal that we have coming up here in a few weeks but once we do that reveal we'll be releasing the may promotions and that'll kind of be phase one and then we're doing that in hopes that like you know by the time we do phase two like more people can come and we get to phase three and then more and more people can come so that's kind of giving us you know some excitement where we can do a new reveal each month or every phase or so but also still keep our fans like in the loop with it
1: Let's talk promotions because you guys are in a very interesting spot because I'm presuming you have one whole year's worth of stuff and then you have whatever you plan for this year. Are, are Is it going to essentially become more promotion heavy as you try to just sort of get rid of stuff or how, how did you guys es- essentially adapt to having the 2020 stuff and the 2021 stuff coming in?
6: Yeah, that's a good question. We actually, the way we ordered it, we hadn't ordered for the whole season yet. So um, we did have a... a like handful of canceled orders, but that's making this year's process um, a lot easier. So normally it's you know, we reach out and I get mock-ups and then I get quotes and then I get invoices and then we do the ordering. So luckily, like we didn't get all the way to step five last year for most of them. So now I'm already past the, the, you know, the mock-ups and the quotes part. So it's actually been easier trying to do some of the promo ordering and stuff like that. But I think you'll probably notice we'll probably more have a more back heavy schedule. And that's just in hopes that like when we do these giveaways that, you know, I mean, yeah, we want every single fan to have, and we can, but like if we do a 2000, person giveaway. And there's only and 2, 2,000 people in the stands. Like what fun is that? So right. hopefully by, you know, backloading, like, um, the later in our season, we'll have like a lot more that way. So it'll be a little lighter, like giveaway wise at the beginning, like May or so, but come like June, July,
1: we'll be picking that up. Plus I think people are just going to want to have a hot dog at a ballpark in May. And that, that's oh, yeah. all the promo they need. Um, <laughs> you know, you guys are famous for, um, a lot of, of, of branding and, and identity stuff. And, I'm on record on the show thinking, I think you have the best bottom line brand and one of the best alternative brands. Will we see any Blue Ghost stuff? Do we know yet? Will we see any of the Raspas, that kind of stuff?
6: Yeah. Um, so we actually released our, our, well, it was our 2020 Rospas um, last year. So we actually released that whole line before we knew about the shutdown. So we didn't get to wear those jerseys. So it's that um, that bright green and then it's the tricolor snow cone or Raspa, I shouldn't say snow cone, um, but So that we'll be doing those every Sunday. So we'll continue our RASPA Sunday. Um, this is likely the last year that we'll be doing that. So you can look forward to a a revamp, um, for next year. And that may or may not be a a RASPA. That's a TBD, something we're working on in-house right now, actually. Um, yeah, so, but we'll be doing those, um, yeah, blue ghosts will be happening. So they'll be happening in May. Um, and then we have, uh, two other, uh, big weekends that are going to happen and those will be, we'll release those as part of the, the, the monthly reveal, I guess. So, so normally I think last year we did like one a month. So we cut that back a little bit this year just because we weren't sure. So we're actually um, had some things in the work that like I already have the prototype for. Um, and, uh, you know, I was like, you know, what? we'll just hold off and we'll do it next year. So we'll do, we'll have a few more next year um, that are different from, from this year, but we're definitely doing blue ghost and you'll see a new look for that as well coming out
1: how a new look, you just, you just peaked my credit card and made my wife cringe. <laughs> look, Um how, how much fun is this? Uh the, the idea that you get to play in that kind of sandbox of, you know, like you said, doing the mock-ups and looking through all the jerseys and things like that. I mean, it, it's, it's gotta be a blast, right?
6: Oh, absolutely. It's so fun <laughs> and it's cool. We've got a really good team here. Um, You know, just, we had some, you know, turnover in the off season, people went off and, you know, did bigger and better things, but we still got a core group here and, and our graphic designer, she's awesome. Um, she's sitting next to me. So really, I'm just, you know, seeing if she's eavesdropping or not. Um, but she's, she's been awesome, um, you know, working with our designs and everything like that. So it's cool being able to like brainstorm with her and our, and our communications team too. So it's pretty fun, you know, every time we get to sit down and think about, okay, what do we want to do? And then how do we incorporate that? So our, our brainstorm meetings are, are a fun time usually.
1: How, the appetite for this um in the community you're down there how how much or how excited are people are are, are, how excited are they to, to get back to corpus christi hooks baseball
6: oh i think they're absolutely stoked you know we've been um pushing on social the last few months it's like how do we get people excited for baseball but also tell them hey we don't have tickets for sale yet and it's been great people aren't like you know being negative about it or anything it's like anytime we post anything about baseball they're just so excited and can't get wait can't wait to be back at the ballpark so it's been really good you know hearing their feedback on our fans and and their interaction with them on social and everything
1: well amy we can't wait to see you in person to get out i know that we've already got two weekends scheduled so we're looking forward to it thanks so much for jumping on let's get to
6: yeah thank you
1: on deck the let's get to interview so we are excited to jump into Let's Get To For Our On Deck segment. They guys, these guys run the BaseballMapper.com website. He is Corey Nissen and Patrick Newt. Gentlemen, this is our, open, this is our MLB opening day show. Happy opening day.
3: Oh, wow. That is, it is a happy day. That's for sure. Thanks for having
1: us. Absolutely. So uh, real quick before we figure this out, uh, what allegiances are you guys? do you guys have MLB-wise?
3: Mm -hmm. so this is important to note like here's what happens when you are in the chicagoland area is that you are bound to find pairs of in friendships that are opposed to each other and i imagine it's that way in new york i imagine it's that way in la um but not many other places kind of unique in that way i am a diehard white Sox fan which is you know i don't know how you take that as an astros fan but I'm, uh, you know, our one one moment of glory, right? Our one moment of glory of 2005 in my lifetime. Yeah. And he's a Cubs fan. Yep. Cubs all the way. 2016 World Champion. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, um, it's funny because um, my family, um, most of them in Chicago split. I mean, my family split the same way. It's really nuts that that's how that works. But. Um, you know what's funny is the '05 World Series. We were so excited to be there that it blinked and yeah. it was over. Well, as you know, it
3: was. Yeah. Exciting. Well, th- that was a really imp- that was a really impressive series in terms of how close every game was. Yeah. Like I think it- they still have a record. It wasn't, like, every game a one-run game? I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, and, like, two or three of them were extra innings. Like, as I recall, right. it was nuts. It was nuts.
3: Yeah, the fact that they swept it is not so much, like, the White Sox were that much better. It's just, at the end, they came up. Scott Fitzsendrick does otherworldly, you know, things in, in yeah. the postseason. And uh, Jeff Blum comes out of nowhere. And, Astros you know, TV watches.
1: color guy, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, who would have thought, right? So, so yeah, I mean, I definitely uh, – you know, I, I remember it that way. I remember feeling close, but, you know, we were both in the same situation where, like, the Sox, the Astros, it was like, someone's got to win. I don't know. League. Hope it's yeah. fine.
1: And so, uh, Corey, you finally got the Cubs.
3: That's right, yeah. How was that? Was, How was that? It was, it was fantastic. You know, I had uh, – I think my son was, like, six at the time. And, um, you know, that game went real late, uh, that, that final game. and uh, he. He was a soldier. He took a nap during the rain delay, right? And then got back up and we finished the game and, uh, you know, tears and all that. It was really fantastic. It's,
1: it's funny. My two biggest memories of the Astros 17 was my grandson was born October 1st of that month. And then it ended. And I just remember like bleary eyed spending like 400 bucks on Astros.com. On all, I mean, if it had World Series tip <laughs> on it, I was like,
3: stuff arrived. I don't even remember. It was weird. That's great. Well, I'm a and I'm a St. Louis Blues fan. So in twenty nineteen when they won the Stanley Cup, I did exactly the same thing. I am an I'm adopted a, Blues fan. You are? I am. I put
1: my I put my uh, hockey fanship up for auction last year. Yeah. The blues won me over. I've got gear and everything.
3: Oh, that's oh, wonderful. Wow. We'll take it. Hey, I don't mind. I don't mind. Yeah. It was a big deal. That was a big deal for us as well. So yes, I have I have I have like layers of St. Louis blue shirts that I haven't worn yet. I'd like eventually. And I imagine that's what it's like for it because my, one of my close friends is also an Astros fan. He's uh, who I met in the military. He's from uh, round rock. So he's a big Astros fan. And he, uh, he was, yeah, I guess right by you, right? You're in. yes yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's a round rock cop now. And uh, I remember him going to the, whenever Astros game, there was like 17 home runs in it. I think it was game five. Game five. He was oh, in that man. game. That was a, that was a, his crowning moment for sure. I remember him calling me so excited, like we're going to do this. We're really going to do this. So
1: I do have to ask real quick, what branch? I was in the Air Force. Okay, six years. I was seven years Army, so I can say uh, you were almost in the military in that queue. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
3: I you very I'm, oh. I'm gonna let it run. I'll let it. That's all right. I'm, I, I, you, I, I kid. kid. Thank you both. now military and he has a he has a joy of us being right we were just in alabama and we were at the uss alabama we were at the uh the battleship park there and um I, i'll tell you what it, it is fun to get that military discount with Corey. it's fun to uh, be like, oh a couple of dollars thank you very much thank I'll you take
1: very- it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i sometimes hate it when someone's like thank you for your service i'm like You're welcome for the freedom. I don't know.
3: I don't know. know. What do you say? What do you say? I don't
1: know how you answer that. Let's talk a little bit about the website. So I want to explain to people people what it is. So um, Mm -hmm. you guys have created essentially an interactive map for how to find ballparks. And you do it at all levels. And, And just, I mean, more than a half dozen times. And I think I messaged you during a lot of it was, you know, I had a couple of teams that wanted us to come out. And so I would just essentially start drawing radiuses through your website to, to pick up a team here and a team there. So I wasn't just sort of flying for one group. What prompted this, again, genius level idea to put
3: this together? All right. So every year, us and a few friends go on vacation. We pick a major league baseball city. We fly out there. And like you, we want to double it up with a minor league ballpark, right? And uh, the process of finding that has been harder and harder. You know, it's easy to find the maybe the uh, MLB affiliated teams. It's harder to find the collegiate summer teams, the independent teams. So you're looking at a bunch of different league websites. You know, you're you're looking, and there's leagues you don't even know about. So it was really hard. So I'm like, gosh, why don't we just put it all in one place? And so it was a tool for us that ends up being really useful for for a lot of fans. What
1: kind of feedback have you guys gotten? I'm assuming people are just like, thank you.
3: (laughs) I mean, I I will say like, it's not always a hundred percent, James. I would say it's more like, um, you know, 95%. There's always a couple who are like, this is good, but you forgot this. And it's like, okay, Okay. I mean, <laughs> we'll add it. You know, that's no, that's no problem. Right. We're trying. It's this is a work in progress. can please everybody. There's right. nine hundred plus pins on there. What are you t- <laughs> Okay. All right. So yeah. So, but for the most part, yeah. I mean, that's whether it's on Reddit, whether it's on, um, uh, whether it's on a YouTube comment, whether it's you know on. Uh, you know, Twitter, it, overwhelmingly, it's been positive, which is awesome because it, it's supposed to be to help people like us who are going um, and are willing to drive an extra hour and a half to get another one, you know, and that's kind of what, what we're like, too. Right. And, and so what we found, though, is that not only is it useful for us, it's useful for the teams um, because they've got eyeballs on them that they didn't have before um so that's we're, we're in the process of exploring that a little bit more. um but so it's it's been a cool process you know we're we're just over a year in now, so it's about a year ago oh wow so you guys really did blow this up
1: now I, I know that we interact on twitter a lot you know that a lot of my passion really is in the minor leagues and collegiate summer leagues why yeah. do you think people should care like i feel like i have to like i feel like my explanation is Hey, it's a lot of fun. The baseball's good. It's not like you're watching the XFL, like it's good baseball. And that's usually my pitch. Why do you think, pe- why do you think it's important? Why do people need like, that level of explanation just to get into it?
3: Um, for me, I'm a bigger fan of non-MLB um, for a variety of reasons, uh, one of which is cost, right? So I can take the family for a reasonable price. Uh, second is the experience. Uh, the the between the innings sort of goofiness that goes on in minor leagues is perfect for the family and fun for us. Um, and I just, you know, I just like to sometimes roll up to a game after work sometimes and, and sit in the lawn and relax. It's more about the atmosphere than it is about like filling out the lineup card and like really paying attention. And, at, you know, but if I'm paying a hundred dollars to go to a Cubs game, I feel like I have to pay attention and get my money's worth. Yeah. But if I if I pay ten bucks to go to the Kenosha Kingfish, you know, it's it's like a admission to a cover charge at a bar. You know, I just I'm there for the experience, get a few beers, enjoy myself, and it's just more of a relaxed atmosphere for me. Yeah, I feel like you know, for the most part. There, there's, there are a couple of things. I love all the family stuff too. I've got four kids as well. Um, so all of that really works out well and they're not checking bags when I have full sack lunches in there for the kids. That's great. Yeah. Um, save as much money as possible. But, um, you know, I'd be lying, you know, I, you know, I've always admired looking at your spread of hats and all the gear. I mean, I, for, for years, we go every year down to Alabama and talking about how this got started. Every year we'd go down to Alabama to Gulf Shores for summer during um, summer vacation as a family. And I've always been looking for a place to stop along the way. So whether that's um, Memphis or uh, Montgomery or, you know, wherever. And then also while we're down there, I would be going to Mobile, I would be going to Pensacola um, and kind of pulling the family to go to these, these places and um, I love the gear. I, I mean, Rocket app, uh, yeah. you know, an app that nobody else around has is pretty cool. And it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it is a conversation piece. And that's what I look at it is that minor league baseball, whether it's all of the alternate logos and everything else, it's become a conversation piece and it's fun. It's like people get a kick out of it. So, you know, why not? Let's yeah. have more of that. That's a great point. Like I wear a Cubs hat around and people tell me, uh, either A, that they're a Cubs fan, go Cubs, or B, they hate the Cubs, right? <laughs> um, but if I wear a Bismarck Larks hat, they're like, hey, what's that? And it's right. a conversation where nobody hates the Bismarck Larks, right? right? So, you know, it's it's just a more friendly experience. Brother, you should try wearing this gear last year. Oh. <laughs> I believe it, man. I know, I know, like I said, my buddy, that's a tough life. I get it. I,
1: I could, I, I'd have better off wearing a Punches Pilot jersey during Easter. <laughs> that would have been better.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We went, we went a couple years ago. We were in Houston. That was where we went and met up with, uh, you know, a buddy came from Round Rock and met up with us. And, uh, you know, there, there were quite a few Astros hats that were bought and stuff. I mean, people, it's, you know, and, and it just so happened that things changed a little bit. We'll see. I'm interested <laughs> to know what happens this year and how, how much people are willing to forgive and forget. I don't think that there'll be a lot of forgiving or
1: forgetting on the fan perspective, but I'm also not sure how much I care. It matters. You know what I mean? Like, people, the world kind of sucks if if they get to feel a little bit better by booing a guy that was in AAA during that period.
3: Right. But whatever. There's going to be a lot of collateral uh, damage. Yeah, I want to make sure we know. Jordan Alvarez, we can for him, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's right. I mean, so that's, and I, hey, I remember seeing actually your video that you put together, like the uh, It's a Wonderful Life the Astros version I did yeah. see so I know this is something like you kind of turned the corner it's like you know what you're, you're as you're letting things go you're shedding that concern right
1: yeah and I just felt like you know um because I, I don't know I just feel like in life I'm not sure i understand. sorry Siri Siri wanted to be part of our interview I'm not <laughs> sure if, like in life um nuance exists and I, I don't think anything's ever truly black or white I think that there's I think if this had happened with the Astros and they had beaten um, the twins and the devil rays, or sorry, the twins and the diamondbacks, I don't know anybody would care, but it was the Yankees yeah. and Dodgers. And we can yeah. all go around on that. So, but you know what? It, it's unhealthy to keep dwelling on it. Um, I completely am self-aware enough, enough to know that if I were a Dodger fan, I would be mad regardless of what people really smart sport writers have said. I would be mad. Um and so they have the right to be mad. And as long as nobody, like, tries to fight me, then <laughs> that's, that's
3: oh, <laughs> yeah. Spend, spend time in Minute Maid Ballpark, and you should be okay. I think be that okay. should work out.
1: But speaking of ballparks, so you said you had 900 pins. How many of them do you know have, you, have each of y'all been to? Oh, man.
3: 903? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, um, I've been to zero on um, college games. So yeah, okay. uh, I, I think several hundred of those pins are, are college teams. So um and probably only half of the MLB stadiums have been sued. And you know, maybe another 15 or 20 minor independently. So I, I'm very early in my journey of knocking them <laughs> knock all Hey James, this is a good question because it's actually something we talked about doing, you know, as we're expanding on the website and expanding kind of what we do. Um, this you bring up a really good point like this is especially in the, our baseball community that we have through social media like the count is important you know the number that people have you know and uh, the different types of ballparks you've seen that kind of stuff does matter and I was like you know what we should do is really kind of put together a map that shows the places that we've been because yeah. uh, there's quite a few we've been together, but there's ones that I've gone separately and he's gone during a work trip and stuff like that. so, I think people would enjoy it, and I would actually like to get a, get a count. Like, why not? Yeah. We, we haven't done it. I've seen, I think I've seen more, like a lot more maybe, but, um, uh, but maybe it's closer than I think. I, it'd be interesting. I, look for that later on on the website. Yeah, I would love that, to see that. That is something we've, we've tossed around. It's the idea that, like, all right, you want to see yours, only yours on a map. You submit a spreadsheet of all the ones you've been to with dates and stuff. And you know, we put a little timeline together with all the pins and all that. And I think people would like that. And baseball fans um, like the game itself are into stats. You know, their own yeah. personal stats. And yeah, my hashtag quest for fifty,
1: and I've been doing the sort of in Photoshop, the map changes color. My yeah. visit a state. I would, yeah, that would be. I don't know how how hard the UI would be for that, but that would be amazing.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it is cool. It is something that's unique about baseball. Like, and I was uh, talking to somebody today, like um, it's unique compared to other sports. Like I understand people like to travel around and, you know, we are talking about hockey. I've been to a few hockey stadiums, you know? I, you know, I could put a list together for that. But people don't travel like they yeah. do for baseball. It seems very unique in that way. Um, and it's something that us, you know, like the, the group of people who are using the map, like us, um This is the kind of thing that I think they would really, uh, you know, I guess in the lack of better words, geek out on for sure. This is a total. I, geek I think out. the
1: only thing I've seen um compared to this at college football stadiums, people travel to see those.
3: Yeah, um, right.
1: You know, a, a football stadium at the pro level is a football stadium. Like it's mm-hmm. okay. Here we are. Yeah. Um. What about some travels as we come up this year? Um, where are you guys headed?
3: Hmm. So we, we added that travel page to kind of share what some of the things we did. We just got back from Mobile. That started us off to see um, the two premier team games of the Savannah Bananas. We saw yeah. those. Yeah. Um, we have a trip planned for Kansas City. That's going to reunite me with some of my military friends. That'll get us to the Negro Leagues Museum. Um, and we'll probably stop in Iowa along the way. Literally and, used our map, own map there uh, the other week to, to figure out probably Burlington, probably uh, Burlington, Burlington Island. So um, and then in July, similar to Eric, and you know this, this, this. It was a post that came out was just kind of like inviting people to meet up in Montana. Yeah, and it sounded crazy at the time. But I'll be damned if it doesn't sound more and more appealing every day. I
1: you guys are going too. I can't yeah, go. I think
3: we're going. What are you doing? I what are you do- doing in Fourth of July weekend?
1: It's a whole. It's a whole thing about how my travel works out, and for me to get there from Austin, it's ridiculously expensive.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah, I- we do have a, We got a direct flight, so it's uh, from Chicago. Yeah. To, you know, so it makes it easy.
1: Yeah, no, I, I tried to put it together, but I'm going to let you guys know where I'll be for the rest of the um, rest of the baseball season. He is Patrick. They are Patrick and Corey. Baseballmapper.com. Uh, where they? Where can they find you on Twitter?
3: At Baseballmapper. Yeah. Twitter. Twitter. On all platforms. Instagram. YouTube. YouTube. Um, Flickr. Flickr. Right. We share photos, that's really, that's a real that's a passion project for yeah. Corey.
1: So you're okay? Yeah. yeah, we need. We'll get all those links up. And uh, no TikTok for you guys yet, because y'all are funny. Y'all <laughs> I keep teasing them about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I'm. I'm starting to figure out that TikTok isn't only about dances, but you know, I don't. I don't know what else. We got to come up with something. I guess that's what the people want. So. The,
1: the, the people they want their TikTok. Hey guys, thanks so much for jumping on. Let's get to you. It's been great. All
3: right. All right all appreciate nice it. Time. Thanks for having us, man.
1: Holler and a Swaller, a chug of ballpark brew, presented by The Hitter Sports. And welcome to our Holler and a Swaller segment presented by The Hitter Sports. And I have got something very special today. And I'm opening it and tasting it because it is opening day, everyone. And it is the Cooperstown Select New York State's Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Yeah, it is a a distillery in and around the Baseball Hall of Fame. It was a gift from my wife, Jessica. Again, very excited to to take a drink. And it came with, or she also ordered, this really awesome carafe that says Cooperstown Distillery on the bottom. and has Nolan Ryan's signature etched in the glass, his number on top, and the Baseball Hall of Fame logo. All in all, just a great keepsake. And I want to propose a toast to all the baseball fans out there, all the fans of Major League Baseball, Remember, today is the day that it's just about enjoying the game. It doesn't really even matter who wins or who loses. It doesn't matter about uh, playoff positioning right now in April. It's just about we got to see baseball play in a somewhat normal fashion and you can't beat it. So, what a great sound. And I'm pouring into my baseball whiskey glass that my brother Tim gave me. So again, to all the baseball fans out there, I don't care if you're an Astros fan or a Yankee fan or an Oakland Athletic fan or the Dodgers or the Padres or the Giants or the Angels or the Red Sox or the Blue Jays or the Tampa Bay Rays. I don't care if you're a fan of anyone. If you're a Rangers fan, I might suggest better life choices, but even to you, holler and a swallow, baby.
5: Let's Get To presents Goodwood, knocking around the majors with Andy Tomchessen.
1: All right, so we're going to jump into some Goodwood. And Andy, happy opening day. Happy opening day to you. It's a happy day
7: all across the land. Spring is springing and the whole world is just renewed
1: again. And the hopes of 30 baseball teams have yet to be dashed yet to be dashed and according to your logic and I think it's a sound one they won't be dashed until sometime around Memorial Day about 60 days yeah about 60 days um before we get into the the fun part of the show of the who what when and we can then look at our choices you and I are the only ones making picks on the show uh this year we can decide how wrong we were in about about six months um what has you kind of fired up for the season
7: Um, I I think, you know, reviewing the stuff and trying to put together a little research for this particular episode and just watching some spring training games in general. um, There are a handful of exciting young teams in baseball, and I don't remember baseball really having that. You you always had one, maybe two, but you look at the Padres, you look at the Braves, you look at the um, Blue Jays, uh, Tampa Bay to an extent, the White Sox. Uh, these are all teams. The Mets, really, um, parts of the Mets, um, are teams that are very young, very exciting. Um, if their ownership is smart, they should be able to build together. If their ownership isn't smart and is playing for a season at a time, there's going to be a lot of great players that have a lot of movements um, soon in baseball terms. You know, provided there's a baseball season after this one. da. That's a different episode. We're we're all excited and happy. This we're episode. happy
1: today. Yeah.
7: Um, so I think that's a big deal. And I think there's going to be the usual suspects when we get down to the end of the season, we'll still be around, but I think there's going to be enough new blood to make it uh, more exciting. And some of that's going to be a continuation of what we saw in 2020, but I really think you're going to see some teams really making that next leap. Um, and I think that's good for baseball. And I, I, the Astros benefited from it. Certainly as an Astros fan, but it's not really healthy when you've got three good teams in all of baseball, and everybody else is five hundred or worse. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping to see you know more competition,
1: better games, um, and the enthusiasm that younger players bring. Yeah, we could, that that ought to be a topic for later on about just how the economic system actually re- doesn't look out for the game as a whole. I know it's something we've discussed on the show before, but let's get into the brass tacks of it. Let's start with. The geography and the division is far away from us, and we'll work down to the t- to the division that you and I are both intimately interested in, and that is the National League East. Uh, who do you have coming out of the East?
7: Um, I think it is going to be a dogfight between the Braves and the Mets. Um, I know there's a lot of writers who are giving the Nationals love for some reason, and. Um, Byproduct of the Astros being where they are in spring training in Florida, I've seen a lot of Nationals games from, from, from spring training. I'm just not seeing how, how they're a competitive team. The Marlins are still a couple of years away. Um, right. I think they're better. I don't think they're as in it as long as they were last year. I don't think they're a playoff team. I think it comes down to the Braves and the Mets, and I'm giving it to um, right now the Braves to win the division with the Mets getting a wild card slot.
1: Yeah, I have the Braves, uh, and, and I have in the same order as well, the Braves with the, the Mets and the wild card. I, think, um, ex- I honestly think experience for the Braves is going yeah. to really pay dividends, particularly at the end. All right, let's go to the National League Central.
7: Um, you know, we have some wonderful people who participate on this show and who care a lot about some of these teams, and I've got bad news because it doesn't matter who wins this division. Uh, <laughs> I've got the Cardinals winning the division, but literally you could pick out of a hat between the Brewers, the Cubs, the Cardinals, and maybe even the Reds, although I think the Reds' real shot was last year. I think they're taking a big step back. But it's a bunch of teams that, like the several, last several seasons, they're going to beat up on each other and be pretty much done by the time the playoffs roll around. Um, if you look at – and I've done a thing because I can't just read things – um, I took, what is it, One, two, three, ten, twelve 10, 12 different power rankings because there's about that many out there right now. Yeah. Um, and kind of just because they're just as valid as my opinions um, at this point in the season. And if you look at the National League, you've got two West teams at the top. You've got two East teams at the top. The sixth best team, just based on preseason projections, is the Cardinals. Yeah. And then you've got a bunch of East and West teams and then the rest of that division. Um, But again, the Cardinals, uh, Scott McIntyre will tell you have nobody in the outfield who can hit the Cubs um, are in a fight with their third baseman and lost Kyle Schwarber. Um, Everybody's kind of taken a step back and the Cardinals seem to thrive in that type of environment. So
1: that's my pick. But I also think they're done in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, the Cardinals as well. I think um, Arenado is going to give them a big big enough offensive boost, and they seem to always be able to find pitching. And so I think that will be enough to, again, get them through a a pretty weak division. Now maybe the most compelling division in baseball, I think, right now, the NL West.
7: Um, This is hard because I want to be the guy who's contrary sometimes. Uh, I have the Dodgers winning the division, and the Dodgers are – on paper, the strongest team in probably the last decade, two decades. I mean, they're, they don't really have a weakness on paper. I think they've lost a little bit of their organizational depth. I think they've lost a little bit of their bench strength. But, you know, provided they're healthy, it's hard to argue their rotation is going to be bad, uh, is going to be anything but stellar. It's hard to argue their offense is going to be anything but stellar. It's hard to argue, argue their defense is going to be anything but plus-plus. So they're the class of the division. And in a 162-game season, it's really hard to beat that. Now, having said that, if there's a team that could do it, it's also in that division this year, and it's the Padres. Um, The Padres aren't as deep as the Dodgers, but I think they've got some stars that have the ability and kind of ability we haven't seen a lot in baseball um, really throughout their history uh, in Fernando Tatis Jr. and a guy who can literally put a team on his back. That's hard to do in baseball and control the outcome of a game. And we saw that in a short season last year. We saw it in the playoffs last year. I think he's one of those players, for me, it was Barry Larkin growing up, that the, the Reds weren't great, but when Larkin was in town, they were going to win because he was just better than everybody else in the field. That's and true. I think I think Tatis Jr. is that guy. Um, Akuna in um, uh, Atlanta is similar to that, but I think Tatis is at an, another level. But I have the Dodgers winning the division by virtue of it being 162 games. And
1: then I'm presuming San Diego gets the wild card.
7: San Diego gets my other wild card slot.
1: Yeah, I actually have um, the Padres winning the division, mostly because I believe that Trevor Bauer is a toxic personality. And I think we've seen enough sports where – a toxic personality can destroy a, plug, a clubhouse to the detriment of a team, particularly over a six-month season. Well, that might just be hopeful, wishful thinking for me.
7: Well, I mean, it's wishful thinking that they're actually going to enforce pitchers not putting foreign agents on balls, which is also going to drop his production, if you believe, you know, a lot of the spin rate theories that have been going on the last year. Um, I think it's also wishful thinking on the Dodgers' part that David Price is the David Price of five years ago. Um, he's a guy who did not pitch last year. He opted out of the season, but has not been great outside of a couple of gutsy playoff performances. Really hasn't been a great player in almost five seasons, and I just don't see. I mean, as a fifth starter, fantastic. I think they probably should be giving those more starts to May uh, because I think he's had better upside.
1: Actually, um, the news just broke literally that that is what's happening. Prices in the bullpen. I mean, that is May the fifth starter,
7: but I, I think there's. There's the potential there. Um, So that's where I am on the National League as far as division winners right now. All right, we're going to go AL Central. Okay. Um, What do you got? Uh, For the Central, I'll pick the Twins again. Uh, I think the Bomba squad is there. I don't think um, the Indians or the White Sox are close enough yet. Uh, I think the White Sox with uh, Jimenez going out for five to six months with that torn pectoral that hurts them a lot. And I just don't think they have anything in the organization to fix that. Uh, They're still a good team, but they're a good team that talks a lot and doesn't seem to have a lot to back that up with. I mean, it's, it's, they're a lot like the Reds last year on paper. They look really good, but somehow that product on the field doesn't translate as well. Um, But I also have them as one of my wildcard teams. So uh, twins to win the division, uh, white socks right behind him is one of the wild cards.
1: Yeah, I have actually have the same. Um, and it was flipped for me uh before the Eloy injury. I mean a rupture ruptured pectoral tendon, I think it was. Right. That just sounds awful. Um so for me that that that's that is what flipped it as well. I have uh, to, we're to go back to, I have to remember back to having a pectoral muscle and I would assume <laughs> that would be painful.
7: Now it would just be you know spreading peanut butter over the bread and <laughs> hoping it got better.
1: Yeah, I actually uh, couldn't walk for two days after a spirited game of fetch with with Quint. So that I don't know what that means. Um, American League East um, is it going to be different? How's it look? No, it's it's the Yankees. It's it's still the
7: Yankees. Um, I think they've got more competition in the division this year from Tampa Bay and Toronto, but I think the Yankees are still the class of the division and honestly, the class of the American League. Uh, they've just got too much. Um, they do continue to play that catcher who can't catch, which is a problem for them. But it usually doesn't pop, pop up as a problem until uh, the playoffs start. Uh, but I have them. I have that's that's probably the biggest the biggest lead from a division winner that you're going to
1: see in baseball this year is the Yankees over the Blue Jays. I'm actually to to go with the Blue Jays uh, to win the East because. Uh-huh. I think that you will, I think the injury bug is already starting to creep up around the Yankees. And we've seen that through the last three or four years sure. uh, teams built. And I th- I think with the addition of George Springer, I think Vlad jr. Really puts it together. They'll have to find some pitching. Um, but I'm not sure the Yankees are all that deep behind, you know, I know they have Gary, they have Kluber in the two hole, but what version of Kluber is going to show up and, you know, I think they've had some injuries. So I, I, I'm actually gonna, I, I know it's a Homer ish pick, but we're going to go with the fighting Mike Donis to win the NL East. All right. So now we're going to hop over to the AL West, which is the division you and I care the most about, I think. Um, is it the, is it the A's again? Or is it the Astros or did the angels finally pitch enough to win? Uh, it's the Astros by nine games. I, I just don't see
7: the angels don't have enough pitching. Um, if their hitters stay, uh, healthy, they're going to be a very formidable offense, but they just don't have enough pitching to win 95 games. And I think 95 is the number that wins the division. Um, I, I also think Otani has had a fantastic spring, but has a blister now and had some other naggy injury that showed up yesterday. And that's just been his history. He has these little bursts of being incredible and he can throw 101 miles an hour and then you don't hear anything about him for a couple of months because he's hurt something. Um, if he can overcome that, great for them. They still have to overcome uh, playing poo holes on a daily basis, who is a void everywhere but Minute Maid Park. Uh, and granted, he destroys us. It doesn't matter. Even he's last a, year he destroyed us. I was yeah, he like, can come coach. up with a wheelchair <laughs> and a walker, but he's still going to hit home runs in Minute Maid Park. And we'll you know, thank God he's retiring. But um, Upton's not a guy you can count on to be healthy. Uh, Trout uh, is still probably the best player in baseball overall, but he hasn't gotten that team to the playoffs since 2014. And, you know, that window for him, players don't generally get better the older they get. So I just – and Rendon um, was a good addition, but didn't make a big difference for them last year. And I don't know that it's going to be any better this year. They lose their shortstop um, there's holes there. Oakland, too many pieces are gone. Um, I just, I think the Angels finish over Oakland, but I think the Astros win the division
1: going away. Um, for wild cards though, you have Blue Jays and White Sox. So you don't do. think, yeah, you think only one team out of the West. Um, yeah. let's look at the NLCS then who do you have playing for the world series, in the national league?
7: Well, before you move on, I do want to mention in the AL
1: West, uh, the Rangers are going to be the worst team in baseball. Just is there anything? Is there is there, throw any, that out there? is there anything better than when Arlington is bad? And it's I mean,
7: just- the people I know, um, and, and I'm sure there are people who think the same thing about Astros fans. And I can, you know, honestly say I'm not one of them because I have followed them my entire life. But yeah. my Rangers, my Rangers friends' fan fandom started in 2011. <laughs> And ended when they stopped making the playoffs. So, what 2016? And that's it. And now they yeah. pretend there's not baseball. They're back to being Cowboys fans, which is great. But it's well, that's
1: true. The, 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 the biggest sports in that city is is football and hockey. Yep. And mm-hmm. then Mavericks. And then, yeah, there are Rangers fans. And maybe, maybe they now that they can go to a ball game without sweating their took us off, they can maybe find the game. But and it's interesting that their ballpark looks like a barbecue pit
7: from the outside. So, uh, <laughs> I really think they missed out on getting Weber to sponsor. It, it
1: literally looks like Jerry Jones's shed because you have this beautiful stadium where the Cowboys play. And then you have, and that. this is where we keep the baseball team. <laughs> it's where we keep the lawnmower and the baseball team. Um, yeah. And I think the Mariners probably finish ahead of the Rangers. Like if the Mariners, I mean, look, if the Mariners can keep putting it together, they are a young team of the future that probably will look pretty good. I think long as, as soon as seconds. next year, they could make a jump. I just don't think this is the year. This is the year. Um, All right, let's go then. NLCS, who do we see playing for the World Series?
7: NLCS, um, well, we get through the wild card round, just to follow my path of logic here. Um, Padres beat the Mets. Padres go to face the Dodgers. Padres beat the Dodgers. Because in a short season, I like the Padres' talent, and I like the Padres' pitching better than I like Trevor Bauer. Braves beat the Cardinals. Padres over Braves. Padres win the World
1: win the National League. Okay, so let's go. That take us through the AL then. When do I? When does my heart get broken? Now I will point out to you, it is an even. I mean, sorry, an odd numbered year, and that is important. It is.
7: is. It- um, I don't know that I'm going to be able to make you happy for my kids <laughs> though, because I think the loss of Verlander, having that ace, and the loss of Springer is going to be too much to overcome. Okay. So I've got the um, Blue Jays over the White Sox setting up to face the Yankees. Yankees advance out of that. I've got Astros twins. The Astros advance out of that because the twins are a cursed franchise, and I'm sorry, Andrew Nelson, they can't win a playoff series. They haven't won a playoff series, uh, I think, since Kent Herbeck played. I I don't know that for sure. I'm not going to do the research, but let's just pretend that's real. Um, So it's Yankees-Astros again. I, I think the Yankees finally overcome it because the loss of George Springer is too much. Uh, for the Astros to overcome. And and I think Springer meant that much to the team. He's the difference in winning a seven-game series versus losing a seven-game series at the end of the day. So my World Series is Yankees-Padres. And? And because I'm the worst jinx in the world, um, I've got Padres winning in six games because I think everything you said about the Yankees, about their lack of pitching depth and the injuries creeping up, and the fact that they play that broom handle as a catcher, uh, because you can hit, um, it's cost them so many playoff series. It makes me so happy because they get so worked up about it. Uh, but I think the Padres win their world, first franchise World Series this year.
1: Okay, I want to ask one more question. I know we're a little over time, but I, I really want to get your take on it because you mentioned at the beginning these these new young teams that are coming up and they, they play fast, they play hard. Do you see if you go back to our segment last week with the way the rules changes that we, that some of which we like could evolve. Do you see baseball pushing back to more resembling what we saw in the nineties, three, four years from now?
7: Yeah, because I think the economics of the game are going to lend itself, continue to lend itself to younger, faster players. Um, it, 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 they're cheaper. Home run hitters cost a lot of money. Um, but, to get to that level of income, you have to play for a really long time. Um, and I think the economics of the game, the limiting the talent pool that baseball is consciously doing, you're going the economic play is to have a bunch of young, fast players who can grow into power versus having a Jordan Alvarez who is power and nothing else. Um, and I love Jordan. I'm not, you know, picking on him. I think he's a fantastic member of the Astros, but as the example I don't think he has a place in baseball in five years. But I do think Fernando Tatis, kind junior and those guys, um, not Yastrzemski. Yes, Yastrzemski in the Mariners organization. um, Those guys are incredible and they take bases and they're aggressive and they're young and they're every bit of that. Let the kids play Juan Soto. I haven't even mentioned him. Um, How old is he again? uh, 21 Forever. Forever. I hope he gets that marketing deal with them. Um yeah. Tails dying, but maybe they have some money to spend. Yeah. But I mean, those are those are guys that take the extra base, that that they have fun playing the game. Um, the bat flips, I love I don't the bat flips don't not don't just not bother me. I love I love the enthusiasm. If you're you know you hit the ball out of the park, you steal the base, you get the show off. Pitchers don't like
1: it, they should not let you hit the ball. And there we go. He is Andy Tom Chesson with Goodwood. Thanks for jumping on, man. We'll be back to talk about how week one went next week. The opening day, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, please adjust your scorecards. We have a special guest in the lineup. And we are coming to you from Let's Get To, and it is we have made it to opening day, people. Today's opening day uh for the Astros and just about everybody else. And we are uh, you know, we're excited, Tim. Um we there was got to be a party that thought we would never ever have an opening day ever again.
2: Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we are having an opening day. Um, unfortunately, I'm not there. <laughs> um, yeah. but it's uh, it's awesome to have it. I, the, the same feelings are there. Uh, you know, it's it's an amazing feeling to have an opening day and and actually get some real baseball under our belt. So you're a big opening day guy. Now me, I've actually only been to
1: one astros opening day ever and it was i think 14 when me and 900 of my closest friends also attended so uh, yeah, but yeah. you but how many opening days have you attended in your lifetime or do you even know
2: i i uh, it's it's well i mean it's 10 12 maybe 10 11 yeah it's probably 10 or 11 okay um they kind of like there's there was a run there we're going consecutively every year um so uh you know, through our history and his opening day. Is so, and now it's kind of this, this weird thing, but a, a actual traditional opening day. I've been to about 10 or 11, a yeah. opening weekend. I've been to everyone that since, you know, since you were around. old enough to
1: buy your own tickets, right? Like, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, it's a really, you know, Minute made. I've probably been to every opening weekend or opening week because we went the first year.
1: Yeah. Um, and that kind oh, of my, I bought my us. very first beer yeah. at a baseball game ever at one minute because i'd gotten back from i guess from bosnia or basic training i have to i don't remember because the mind's the first thing to go yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it was
2: oh yeah oh one oh two so okay so it been. was a little
1: later than that and but, but then being shocked at how much the beer cost. Like, yes
2: like 10 bucks i think we still have the picture of you and the beer guy together.
1: Right? yeah it was <laughs> but, um, yeah what's special about it for you why? Why make a point of
2: going to opening day? I, you know, it's it's this, you know, I thought put a lot of thought into this and, and really kind of thinking why it's so special. It's for me. It's it's finally, you know, I want to be there in the forefront for the party of of the uh, the lull between not when it's off season to yeah. finally end. You know, it's 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 awesome to have the party there. You're you're in the thick of it. You know, it's a great day where where you know the casual fans and the diehard fans all come together before the casual ones go off in the ether and in the, in the dog days. And so, but we're all there together, hanging out and having a great time. Um, I feel like that's what it is around the, around the season too. It's a, it's a great moment that, you know, at that point in opening day, your team, it's the Schrodinger's cat of baseball. Your team is both the best team in the league and the worst team in the league. So I, I think that, that there's just, a, that's kind of a general feeling for everybody around the league. Um, it's just the anticipation. You've been waiting for months. You've you've seen spring training, or you've heard a few spring training. Now your your club's going to get on the field and let's see what we got. So yeah, and I think you're right. I think to me, it is that uh, everything
1: is possible on opening day. Yes everything everything can happen you're right every team has a chance to win the orioles are going to run out with the same opportunity to win as the yankees so let's talk opening days in specific then because you go, you've gone to some when the astros were projected and then did go on to lose games in the hundreds uh still a blast still glad you went still a big part of your life
2: I mean, absolutely. I mean, again, it's it's you have the casual fans who aren't quite there, but but even the diehards are there and you're ready to pay your ten dollars for your beer and you don't feel bad about it. Um, it, it. It's it's just a great moment to where because, yes, you could say that you have the 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 uh, the worst team in the league and spring training was garbage and all these things happen. But you still don't know. There's always that chance that you could have this. 162 and 0 team sitting there but (laughs) yeah yeah, you know that's that's the fun about it so yeah i mean i feel it's the same way um you know and when you inevitably lose that that opening day game you go home with a little bit of taste of reality but yeah it's it's before while you're there you get the the street parties happening out there they open the gates they let you in it's so much fun man it's so much fun
1: So you also went to arguably the biggest opening day in Astros history. I went to game two of that. I went to the, to the reveal of the, of the championship rings. First of all, to your point, I think we sat in roughly the same part of the ballpark and I think you spent much more money than I did, but you're sitting there in 2018, um, you know, 30 plus years of being a baseball fan, being an Astros fan culminated in that
2: one moment. How was that? Man, it was amazing. In fact, because, you know we we sat in like I said the same spots that's where our tickets were and yes they were i mean i don't even talk about how expensive they were but we actually kind of went wandering around before they did the unveiling and we got to sneak in the diamond boxes for the unveiling so we got that straight shot of looking and and I you, know, I, I you know we've talked about it before on this show that i we cried whenever we won the pennant or won the pennant and then we would cry when we won the world series yeah that was a moment I—I I, you couldn't help but just you couldn't hold them back. I mean, this is finally happening—that gold banner—and it's in your house, and it's yeah. So yeah, it's an amazing moment. Even if it uh, took
1: forever to, for the blower to blow it off.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was a little embarrassing, but yes, yeah. But and it's still kind of funny. It was it was cool. In fact, I—I uh, I watched that unveiling about three rows behind Charlie Palillo, which is a, a major baseball personality here, yeah, and, uh, radio personality in Houston. So <laughs> it's kind of cool. But yeah, it's it. It was one of the best moments in the in the franchise's history, and you know, so glad I got to be there for it. Um, and you, but you're not going to be there
1: this year, I'm assuming.
2: No, I'm not going to be able to be there this year. The capacity, kind of where we are right now, uh, Maddie and I. So we're just kind of gonna gonna sit back. You know, we she took the day off, so we are gonna watch it. Oh, good. Um, we're gonna, you know, because you know, the, the, the hope opener is the first and that's, that's our today is that's a away game, but on the 10th, we are going to be sitting down and watching the game together. So you will um, be at, Oh yeah.
1: At home at home.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We'll be at home, but we'll have the, be having you know a few Crawford box and, and, uh, and just kind of enjoying like we would do. She might make nachos too. So. Uh,
1: uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, go, so real quick, you know, just some of the other memorable ones you've been there, like things you remember beats you remember, um, you know, just some other big moments you had on opening days past.
2: Okay. Um, well, you know, there was one of my favorite ones and probably what got me going and it wasn't opening day proper, but it was the one opening weekend we went to and Billy Wagner coming out to enter Sandman was a big yeah. thing for my music personality and for my baseball personality. Um, you know, it's funny. We still have the picture because uh, my friend, uh, Maffe and Cameron went, went, uh, went with me on the 2017 season and we had this picture from that that camera that takes all the stadium pictures you can zoom into you to find yourself in the stadium. Yeah. We had that picture on the internet and that's the 2017 season. That's the you know that's the yeah. year that we came and crushed it. Um, watching George Springer for the first time was was a great moment cuz this is the beginning, you know, yeah. they're all coming. Um, yeah, I mean it's just kind of the, the big moments that we never had the longest game, we never had, you know, any of these things but I think that, that hometown, th- the whole town feeling and, and just getting out there and, and seeing you know, it you know gets me marks. too,
1: is the bunting for some reason, seeing the red, white, and blue on opening weekend, you know, it just feels like in a game that, um, because of how long it is can oftentimes become mundane and routine. And like you said, the mm-hmm. dog days are a thing. It's one of those few moments where baseball actually celebrates itself. And I dig that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. I mean, the, 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 it's etched on every piece of grass i can put it and and you yeah. know and it's beautiful to see it and you know get your picture with it and and that moment you haven't been to this to the park and you know for for the longest time it would be at the end of september we were done so you know, yeah the, yeah so we haven't been to the park and and you they open the doors and you walk and it's perfectly lit and it's just this moment of awe and it's just it's back what's happened What's what happened and, um,
1: you know, just, you know, putting your finger on the, on the pulse or trying to, trying to guess, um, do you think by the end of the season we'll be at full capacity knowing everything that you know
2: about how the science is going? Man, I, I like, I, so, so everything that Minute Maid's released about how they're going to handle it, I, I really appreciate it. Like, you have the option when you walk in the door, do you feel more comfortable social distancing or are you okay with just wearing a mask? I like that. Um, I kind of hope we're not yet. Let's let let's let things kind of move in. Let's let let's be comfortable with people being vaccinated and and the virus hopefully dying down a little more. Um, I'm kind of worried about about everything, but I know they're at 50 capacity. I like that, and I think we're okay with this season doing it.
1: All right, real quick, put you on the spot. Then um, do the Astros win the, the the West, and how far do they go?
2: Well, today they start their 162 and 0. Uh, run. So yeah, no, they they win the West. Uh, It's going to, they win the West. It's going to be another slugfest with the A's because they don't look good, but they never look good on paper. (laughs) So so it's going to be another slugfest, but we'll win the West. We'll go. Um, I I have us in the, in the ALCS and I don't know what we'll go from there. I think I will say that if, if,
1: if we play the Yankees, it is an odd numbered year. It is that. And that was usually work out for us. my Yankee fans who are coming on the show next in the Hitter Sports. I can't help it; it's an odd numbered <laughs> year. Uh, he has Timothy Judge. He is going to be mostly doing the Go Go Astros, holding that down for us. But wanted to have him on to talk a little bit about Opening Day. And here's to going 162 and 0. Let's go! All right, great job, man. Awesome,
2: dude.
5: Let's get to presents the Big League Chew and eye on the majors.
1: So we are thrilled and excited to bring back onto the show Emily Nyman from the Breaking Balls podcast. This is going to be her first of a a few trips, I'm hoping, this year. Basically, Emily, I'm talking less MLB, so I'll just have to bring you on to have you do it.
8: I'm happy to be here. I mean, I'm happy to talk to you preceding the Yankees' 28th championship season that is going to commence in the next few days. So it's a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine.
1: You know, it's, it's hard to bet against them. I think the only thing that I might do to poke fun is that it is an odd numbered year and 15, 17 and 19 say anything, but say otherwise, but let's talk about them because they are clearly, I think anybody who doesn't have them in the top three, as far as stacked teams and in the American league in particular, um, what are a couple of reasons why you think number 28 is coming?
8: They're ready. This is the window. I mean, they the lineup is stacked, and you know that we have our ace, our second ace, Severino is going to be coming back. I think at some time in June. Yeah. So fingers crossed for Tyone and and Kluber to at least get to even half of what they used to be. That'll be perfect for the spots that they're in in the rotation. So I just all the pieces are in place. Anything less than a World Series trip. And even a title is a failure, I think. And I'm not usually one of those fans. I'm not a World Series or BUS fan every season, yeah. but this is the year.
1: Yeah, you're also – yeah. you really aren't. And, and you're always very, very realistic on on how you view things. And, and look, I think you can't – I think that that lineup is too good. And particularly with Garrett Cole, you're not going to – at some point the law of average – I mean, it's baseball, right? The law of averages are eventually going to play in your favor.
8: Right. Exactly. And, you know, this lineup is people are all worried about the pitching and I get that, but not every team can be built like the Dodgers. You know what I mean? Where they have stacked through from one to nine in the lineup and then their pen, their, their pitching rotation is lights out. The Yankees are built to be able to withstand having mediocre to slightly above mediocre pitching for half the rotation because the team can score five, six runs a game. So I think that now with even better pitching, hopefully infused in there, that's the formula.
1: I think especially in the division they're in, every oh, team yeah. in that division is either a good offensive team. Like I think we both think the Blue Jays will be, but who are, who who are, who are they throwing? And the right. Rays always find arms, but who do they have to swing the bat? And I think, I think that's ultimately why the Yankees are at least going to cakewalk through the division.
8: Yeah. I don't see the division. Being much of a problem, I'm sure I'll be. There'll be plenty of series against the Blue Jays this year that I'll be annoyed as hell. But I still think that the Yankees are going to come out on top and pretty handedly at the end of the season.
1: So if they don't get 28, if they get there, what do you think is something that might have gone wrong? Do you think it's just going to be if they got the Podgers and Dodgers and they just were the better team, or do you think that there's some is there some flaw in in the Yankees uh, roster this year?
8: Um, I think that the only thing that can end up tripping them up is. What we were just talking about a moment ago, that if, you know, they, in a series, the other, their opponent, their pitching is lights out. Good pitching beats good hitting. That's like one of the old idioms of baseball. So I think that that can just be it, that our pitching will be great, but if the lineup gets shut down, all it'll take is one or two runs from the other team. I mean, it happened against the Rays last year. We outscored and outhit the Rays in that series, but it came down to literally one swing in the late innings of the deciding game.
1: What I love about you, and, and you are uh, my favorite baseball podcast out there. Um, Thank you. What I love about you, though, is you have a unique perspective, point of view, but you also are just a real student of the game, and you really do a good job, I think, of portraying the game as it is. You know, we've got a lot going on coming into the future, um, CBA, but then also these rules changes. Where do you think baseball's heading, and is it still going to be a game we're both going to like?
8: You know, I've reflected a lot on this the past few weeks, and um I think it still will be a game that we love because for a while I was one of the you know old men shaking my fist at a yelling at a cloud about the defensive shift rules and MLB possibly banning that. And then I had like an epiphany one day, how much I love the DH and I am a huge proponent of the universal DH. And I'm sure at some point in the seventies, when they first made the rule for the DH in the American league, that there were a lot of people, probably even more so, that felt the way that I do about the shift, about the DH, and it didn't ruin the game. It didn't change the game. It made the game a lot better as far as fans in the future are concerned. So I think that it may be a little odd, but because it's not with, any, it's not going to be with any buzzers or all this bizarre stuff that I thought for some reason that didn't actually make sense, it's going to be just the infielders have to stay on the dirt until the ball's thrown or the, the pitch is thrown. So I think that it's going to be not really a discernible difference, unfortunately, I, for Major League. I don't even think it's going to increase balls and in play all that much.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. I do think that you raise an interesting point, though, because it's weird because in baseball we argue about like – the sanctity of the game, but yet historical evidence says there really is no sanctity. And then the purity of the game, but yet the game has always been tinkered with, the mound raised and lowered, the ball wound tighter. It's weird how we live in this, like we think it's pure and we just have collective amnesia
8: about all the times that it isn't. Yeah, it's so true. And it's because I feel like we're, even after all these years, we're still trying to it's like a a forced marriage to compare baseball to the other three major pro sports and there's just no comparison whatsoever the other three have a lot of comparisons because of the nature of the game timed game uh the um possession can switch on a dime where this game those two things are huge difference makers and people want it to be like the other games but you can't do it so they try all these things throughout time to try to make it more exciting faster and it just the game has a life of its own and it's going to evolve on its own and we can try to tinker with it. But Major League Baseball finds out that you don't really know what the end result's going to be of that tinkering. You can hope for an outcome that you want, but this game doesn't really care about what you want. It's just going to do whatever it wants. I speak from experience as someone who played it for a long time. It's very frustrating.
1: It's yeah, <laughs> very frustrating. Uh, you always have good takes on contracts and things. And it's funny because, um, you know it is open, we're dropping this on opening day, so happening opening day, but um with with the Astro short top stop situation and there's still negotiations happening, and you see fans that are like, you know, I'd play for 120 million. Why is it that fans can't understand how basic capitalism works and that a player is worth what the market dictates they're worth?
8: I think it's it's a lot of willful ignorance because they want to disrespect the what the job is you know they don't take it seriously because it's not a boring mundane job that the rest of us have to go to and yeah. they resent i think and this isn't meant to be a, an insult to fan base to the fans but i think that a lot of people will resent that someone like that has a unique skill that they were just born with and it's frustrating that i wasn't born with it so i'm just constantly going to tell say that this guy isn't worth that that guy's not worth that but they're not basing it on anything. If you ask them, okay, well, why do you feel that way? Most people don't say anything, but someone today literally said, "Just my gut." And I said, oh, <laughs> "Okay, because I can't argue with that." John eight five six seven two or whatever your screen name was. You had to drop the Twitter numbers. <laughs> no,
1: but you again, you know, nail on the head. And and there's there's directions an organization can go knowing what that value is, but. I can't get, I'm not, I I don't see the value in getting mad at either party. If deals don't come together, I think it's just, it's different for everyone. But like, I think obviously being a teacher is probably more valuable than playing shortstop or playing, you know, being Aaron judge. But at the end of the day, anyone can learn to teach. Not anyone can, can be Aaron judge.
8: And right. And at the end of the day, also, that's capitalism, right? Like this capitalism, the market has decided that these guys are worth this amount. Cause you see that all the time. People well, you know, first responders should be paid that much. And I get that in theory. Yes. These, there are many people that are very important to our society that are undervalued teachers, first responder police, but capitalism has dictated that no one wants to watch them work. I mean, yeah, I guess we had cops And we had some movies about some teachers, but like, no one wants to go to the police department and sit there and buy a soda and watch people work. So I think that like people like capitalism in theory, but then when it comes to people making a lot of money off capitalism, just by what they see as pure luck, then they don't like it suddenly. And that person isn't worth that.
1: It reminds me of uh, the one line in the program, Jim, James Conn is like, you know, call me when 80,000 people get into a stadium to watch a kid take a math test.
8: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Uh, what's one thing that you're just really looking forward to this season outside of the parade for number 28?
8: Um, 162 games. Like, I, I'm just, I'm so, I didn't realize, you know, after everything from last year and, and emotions just so bogged down and, and focused on what was going on in the moment, not until this year where there's a lot more hope and, and outlook for the future did I realize how much I missed this ritual of opening day being in this week and and i took that for granted so i'm really really looking forward to something that i thought was always going to be there and was just a constant in life so it was really humbling i mean a lot of stuff was last year but something like that in particular was for me and now that it's back i just and i can't wait to watch baseball every day for more than 12 weeks
1: I, amen. Um, she's Emily Nyman. Emily, tell us where we can find the podcast again. It is my favorite baseball podcast out there.
8: Thank you. I, I'm so proud of it. I can't believe we've been doing it for a year now. It's just, it's been great. You can find us on Twitter at break balls pod, or you can find us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google, any, any of the major podcasts, wherever you listen to them, you can find us just breaking balls with Emily Nyman. And it's a good time. You'll laugh. And- I promise.
1: Emily, yeah, you absolutely will laugh and they have some fun. It's a great time. Emily, thanks so much for jumping on our, our opening day episode of Let's Get Two.
8: Thank you so much for having me, James. Can't wait for the season. Go Yankees. Go
5: go Astros. Go, go Astros. A focus on H
1: Town Hardball. Let me sync that up. So yeah, we're going to do about ten minutes. I want you guys to get. We're not going to talk Carlos because um, it's just depressing. Um, yeah.
9: But no, we can't think that way. We have to think positive and I don't want to hear anything besides the positive, yeah, even well, if it is denial.
1: Fortunately, this episode is our opening. Like we're pretending like it's already opening day. So whether he was going to sign or not, it would have already happened. Yeah. I think that they're going to figure something out. I just don't think it's going to be as big as everyone thinks. I think, you know, I think if they can get him for two they'll do it. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, again, Michelle, thanks for jumping on the show. Um, just a little bit about our show. We are mostly not an MLB show. Um, we do have an Astros segment because I'm born and raised in Houston, pretty much grew up in the Astrodome. Um, but mostly we do minor league baseball and collegiate summer league stuff. But i like to have Rob on every now and again to help promote your show. So here you guys are. Wonderful. Well,
9: yeah, Rob is the man. Um <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Throw up. Got okay.
1: So we'll we'll jump into it. Um, we are recording on the main camera. Sound check is good, and we are super excited to welcome to the Go Go Astros segment of Let's Get to And we have a much better uh, Astros podcast than what we're able to do. We've got Michelle and Rob from Astros Baseball. How are you guys doing? Happy Opening Day.
9: I excited. It's, it's what, right. It's exciting. Words out of my mouth, buddy. It
1: is. Opening day is like this. And, and you know, and and I I, I assume we all feel better about this one compared, certainly compared to last one. Yeah. This should be a Mm -hmm. holiday.
9: Um, I'm treating it like a holiday. This is honestly like Christmas morning for me, pretty much for the next nine months. I mean, I'm feeling, I mean, besides like the vaccine side effects, feeling. A plus.
1: Are you are you riding the Moderna Dragon today?
9: <laughs> oh yeah, it's like a bumpy ride. It makes you so sleepy, but I mean.
0: I felt hung over when I got it. That's
9: yeah, That's what I feel like for the past two days. I felt like, yeah. but I'm excited regardless. Nothing can dampen my pure joy for the Houston Astros and baseball season.
1: So let's jump into that then. So it is a team that I think most people think will be very good. And I think um, there are some question marks. And I think that in, I think there's a lot of, maybe question marks the wrong word, uncertainty. Like if certain things repeat, then I think things will be perfect. Um, Michelle, real quick, we'll jump in with you. What are two reasons in your head that you think there's another parade through downtown Houston in October?
9: Well, I mean, I can't even, I don't know if it's, it's like this intangible, indescribable feeling, but um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna make a wild prediction and say that uh, because Justin Verlander is part superhuman, he'll be back to pitch. And when that happens, it is over for everyone like goodbye <laughs> chances for the White Sox, goodbye everyone else, take like all the mediocre's can take their seats. That's like, we're gonna see the, re- I, I fully believe we'll see the return of Verlander and we have a, a stupid good uh, offense from top to bottom. I mean, Jordan Alvarez, we see his return. We have Michael Brantley re-signed. Those are just two off the top of my head. Rob knows I could go on and on and on about why but we will. Period. End of story. We got some unfinished business.
1: Rob, what about you then? What are, what are some things that you look at this team and you go, all right, I, I can see it happening.
0: You look at the lineup, like she said, top to bottom. I mean, you get to the seven hole and you got Yuli Gurriel. I mean, if he can bounce back, you got Yuli Gurriel batting seven. And then you got Martine Maldonado who can hit a home run at a moment's notice and Miles Strong which I expect big things from in the nine hole. I mean we're not I mean every of course you're going to miss Springer, but sure. I think Altuve is going to be back. Altuve will have 200 hits guaranteed. And then you look at the pitching staff. I mean we don't have Verlander like she said, but we got Grinky, you know, the wild man. We've got Oda Rizzi. we just signed him. Yeah. I that that guy's a professional. Um, uh, Valdez, he doesn't have to have surgery.
1: Yeah. And Michelle, think about that real quick. Framber Valdez doesn't need surgery. How big is that for the Astros?
9: That's big. Um, I think it's kind of insane. I think I mentioned this on, uh, one of the last episodes of our show that, um, it's insane that they were mentioning surgery in the first place because, you know, uh, the, just from like somebody who is like an anatomy student, that's, it's a, the meta, like the, the bones in your fingers. Those injuries usually only take three to four weeks to recover. I think they were probably saying surgery in case it had uh, affected any areas around the hand, but it's, it's huge. It's a big deal because we need that. Like we need him in our rotation. He came correct last season. He was deadly on the mound. Yeah. And I know that he's got that mindset. He's got that determined resilient mindset and he just wants to win. Like we all want the same thing. We want to see a world series brought back to Houston so we can silence all of the naysayers
0: it's almost like they signed odor is to replace him because they thought they were going to be he was going to be out and now we're going to have both of them plus green Key, plus lance mccullers jr who was amazing last year i mean is For that not a rotation years. that's going to win it all right
3: there it well, is
1: you, and, and you know the, the the name everybody sleeps on is urquidy nobody's talking about him and this is going to be the first year where he's truly fully healthy and ready to pitch, because you remember he was still being pitch limited ended last year as a recovery from his Tommy John. How big is Jose Urquidy going to be for the team?
0: Big. He, he just threw five, he five, he five, he five perfect innings in yeah. and a, and a, and a spring training game. He's got his pet pig. What else do you want? I forgot about him. I'm sleeping on him. But he, Jose Urquidy's awesome. We're, I forgot about him, and that's how good we are. We're so good, you can't even remember everybody.
9: I mean his debut. his debut was at Coors Field like in the Rockies game back in 2019 his debut was in and he threw just like, he do exactly what we like he did exactly what we needed him to he was solid and that's one of the more difficult parts for a pitcher to start off in like it, it, let alone like, like he's coming back from a Tommy John like that's insane this guy is so incredibly talented and the fact that he that just speaks to the quality of the Astros and the organization as a whole. We're stacked.
1: Do you think uh, Michelle, um, I know there's been some question about whether Ryan Presley is really a closer guy or an eighth guy. Do you think he is the closer in September or do you see somebody like Enoli Paredes maybe getting promoted to that spot?
9: I think that uh, Ryan Presley uh, can certainly, I, I think that, initially, uh, I want to, he'll work as a closer. Um, I think that we will see his ability tested throughout the season, as far as the postseason goes. I don't have that answer, because there's always new and different pieces that emerge. I mean, we haven't even seen Pedro Baez yet. So oh,
1: I forgot about him.
9: And Ryan Stanick hey, we have so Ryan awesome Stanek. Like, like to see, that's just insane, the level of talent. I think Anoli Paredes is going to Maybe like he might he might come in and function as like a reliever or like an uh, like an inning eater, or maybe even the setup guy. He might be the setup to Ryan Presley's closer. Uh, those are two. That's a very likely scenario. But again, like I can't predict the future, as you know, baseball is insane and yeah. uh, the baseball gods love chaos. So,
1: um, Rob, you brought up Miles Straw, and you think he's going to have a big season. I think that uh, what I love about Miles Straw is he plays like. Um, a guy in the nineties when I really grew up really forming my love of this game. What gives you confidence that miles is going to be the guy sort of at the top of the order by the time it flips around and gives the opportunity to drive some runs in. What gives you confidence that he's going to be there?
0: I believe, I mean, if you watch him in spring training, you've seen how good he's been. And it's just, I think it's a different mindset to have to sit on the bench all day. And you know, all you're going to do is pinch run. you know your role is to go steal bases but he's a starter now he's going to play every day he's going to get all the experience that he needs and I just think he's a good player he wouldn't be there I mean they would have went out and got somebody else if they got confidence in him I got confidence in him
1: um Michelle let's get a little more um maybe touchy-feely romantic about it all uh, what are you looking forward to the most about either being back at the ballpark or even just watching a game for real, knowing that the world is starting to feel a little bit more normal?
9: Um, I think it's going to – I don't know. I feel like my quality of life dramatically improves during baseball season because it's just how can – uh, like whatever – what what movie is it from? How can you not be romantic about it? Oh, baseball? Moneyball, it's right.
1: Insane. Yeah, yeah.
9: It's impossible not to be um, I think that I'm looking forward to maybe well, hopefully an October uh, appearance at Yankee Stadium like in 2019 because those were some wild games, but the energy when we won I think it was game four we won electric it, and the like the like the tight little unit like all of the Astros fans formed because we were there's a huge group of us sitting above the visitors bullpen at Yankee stadium, really good vibe. It was just, I want like, I want, I miss the energy and the interaction and like the f- familial like bond of Astros fans.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um I was thinking about all that too. And and I was also thinking about how like the stadiums that are so hostile, you know, Yankee stadium um, Oakland. Oh yeah. They're going to be like, everybody's talking about how, how much nastier they'll be after the set, the fallout of the scandal. And I'm like, they weren't exactly walks in the park in the first place. Like, no. you know,
9: there weren't uh, well, kisses I'm, and hugs before.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know that there was always usually, usually, you know, a sort of a mutual respect, but it wasn't, I still got a, got a beer can thrown at him while he was at the urinal, which is weird. Um, Rob, what about you though? What are you looking forward to most at, uh, at being back?
0: Well, I've already bought tickets, so I'm going and uh not, not that i'm scared you know but you know a little it's it's a little nervous you know you haven't been around a lot of people restaurants are starting to open but i'm actually in the social distance seats you know it's just little pods of four and there's nobody in front of you or behind you so uh but i got a code you know i knew i was going to go to the game but i got a code in my email i logged in and i and i sit i sat in a section i wanted to be in anyway you know just being the social distance one was an accident it was a you know it was a it was a bonus that's what I would call it a bonus and it's going to be nice not having someone behind me or in front of me it's
1: been pretty good so what can we look forward to on the show as we go forward I know that you guys had a week where you had nothing but baller guests uh what can we look forward to as we as we watch the season through your show
0: well during the off season like you said we have guests we talk about people that write books you know anybody that has anything to do with baseball comes on but when the season starts, it's all Astros, 100%. If you miss a game, if you miss a series, if you miss anything, you can, wa- you can listen to our show because every game will be covered. You will know the stats from every game the entire year. This is the place to come if you want to follow the Astros if you're unable to see some games. And you'll hear honest opinions because we're independents and we're not, we're not affiliated with anybody. And yeah, I, we're not, I am not afraid to say what
1: I got to say. Yeah. Michelle, you too. Right.
9: Yeah. Which is what I really appreciate about Rob. And, um, it's just, uh, I love being on the show because we're not tied to anyone, anyone, um, we're able to, I mean, we always keep it mostly respectful, uh, but there is like an unfiltered honesty, which I think the listeners, uh, can look forward to this season and why, we, uh, Rob has been able to build uh, the uh, f- uh, listenership like he has. Well,
1: I, t- I told Emily Nyman, who was on the segment right before you, she does a Yankees podcast, and I'll give. Her I same- love her. Oh, she's the best, and I and I'll give you guys the same compliment. Y'all are the best at this. Um, you are the only Astros podcast that I listen to. Sorry to all the other ones. <laughs> we the best, which all are the best. And I really want, you know, I wish you nothing but the best and we'll have you guys back on in a couple of months to check in on, on the season as it's going.
0: You got it.
5: And now on to close it out, the right-hander from Houston, Texas, James
1: Christopher. So that does wrap us up. I hope everyone has a great opening day. I hope you take it all in. I hope that you treat it like baseball, which is this this thing, this friend that's going to be with you through the rest of the spring and into the summer. And, and for some of us, some of the fans, into the fall. But I hope that you don't football it. Don't be a football fan. I hope that you're a baseball fan who understands that it's a nice game and it's a gentleman's game and it's a different type of game. Don't get caught up in wins and losses when they don't really matter until they do matter. Try to enjoy the fellowship of being at the ballpark, whatever level it is. Obviously, this is our MLB opening day show. But I hope that you can just find some peace, a break from from what this really weird reality has been that we've been in now for well over a year. I love baseball for those things. I love baseball because of the quiet moments in between. I love baseball because of spending time with the people I love outside and, and just looking at the grass and, and all of it. Those are the things that are the most important. You know, the line in Moneyball that, you know, the thing that Billy Bean eventually learns is that it's hard not to be romantic about this game and it, it, it is it is hard to not be romantic because it's a very romantic thing. So, you know, in our first year back, you know, when we were able, finally able to be at ballparks, when you go to the ballparks with your buddies or with your wife or with your kids or with your grandkids, take a second to realize what we lost for a while and really hold it close and and, and take those mental pictures and Do your best to enjoy every single moment and and realize that in some ways, in a lot of ways, the outcome on the the scoreboard is the least important thing. That is our MLB opening day show. I hope everybody is enjoying the long weekend full of baseball. Um, Hopefully we're going to get to see more games on TV as as they start to join the 21st century when it comes to television maps. Uh, See our previous episode on that. But until then, stay safe. Stay sane, and let's get to...